Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Well, uh, being now it's Mother's Day before I start yelling at you, just joking. Um, I, a good memory uh, that I have of my mom um, growing up was, it's, it's amazing, like, how when you're a mother, you, you, might, you might think, like, um, I've never been a mother before, so you, but you may think as a mother, like, my wife's a young mother, and sometimes you may think um, that your labors are in vain, and, and the thing, and, and, and specifically when installing the truth of Jesus and the truth of God's Word and, and, and Scripture and stuff, especially when it comes down to that stuff, you kind of think at times, you may think at times that it's not doing much, you know, maybe times where you try to pray with them or whatever. But just know that it, it really does. It really hits home. I remember uh, my brother and I, I have an older brother, and uh, when we were boys, before we went to school, my mom would always take our hands in our shanty. Does anybody know what a shanty is? It's like an old country, little room in the back of a country house. Yeah. And, we, and we'd sit in the, in the back room, like a mud room, yeah. where you get your boots on. And, and she would always grab our hands as little boys, the buses, you know, before the bus was coming and she'd always pray, you know, protection over us and blessing over us and that we would obey God today. And every day, she, she diligently did it. Every, every morning, I went downstairs. Every morning, there was a grapefruit cut in half. Me and my brother each had a half a grapefruit. And I would always request more sugar because it was nasty, but sugar would help it go down a little bit more. But these are things that I remember every day. Faithfully, my mom would do these things because she loved me. And, and, and there's also times where where she would flip me over her knee and give me a good whap on the behind because I deserved it. And those are also things that I remember and I'm thankful for my mom. And, uh, and my wife, we have a five-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter, and she's a very, full-time mom, busiest job in the world. I'm sure many of you can agree. And, um, and she went away yesterday uh, morning with my mom. They went away to Brampton alone with no kids. And uh, the kids were home with me, with Daddy. We, we had a McDonald's day. And... Uh, <laughs> We, we call it, we call it a, a McDonald's and a Walmart day. You spend the whole day there. Look at toys and eat McDonald's. Look at toys and eat McDonald's again. It wasn't, but anyways, uh, so I had a fun time and, and yesterday again made me realize how, how hard work it is for my wife every single day. Daddy goes to work, you know, daddy goes to the church and, and she's home with the kids to change the diapers and, uh, Put in, put them in the timeouts and, uh, you know, make sure their toast is cut just perfectly, daddy, and all these different things that, that I, we don't understand, men. And so, so big up to you, mums. You guys are amazing. You guys are incredible, incredible people. And God's, uh, I said, Cindy, you must be anointed for this because I certainly, I, I don't have a motherly or a stay at home parent anointing at all. <laughs> so, so I praise God for my wife and my mom as well today, for sure. Today, uh, Today I want to I want to kind of start. I didn't know it would be a series, but I want to start um, a, a series for the next few messages that I preach, three or four messages. Um, and it, it, what it's about it's about priorities, and, and it's called uh, put your house in order. And and today we're going to be looking at very simply God first. God first. Put your house in order. And and this message is about priorities, about prioritizing your life. And my prayer is that as I preach today, this morning's message, and as I study for the next few messages to complete this series, is that God reminds me once again how I am to prioritize my life. 
Because the majority of us probably have our priorities way out of whack. Some of you, I'm sure, don't. Some of you, I'm sure you do. Sometimes I find myself getting my priorities out of whack. And, and the Bible, thank God for the Bible, amen? Yesterday my wife and I were talking, and, and or the other day we were talking, and God's perspective of earth, he sees everything that goes on, but, but his ultimate perspective of earth is a ball in the middle of black, a whole bunch of balls, right? All the planets. He sees from God's almighty perspective, we as just a little ball hanging in, in the midst of black. And he's in control of that. Amen? And, and one day, he's going to decide to burn up that ball. So it's gone. Right? And, and, and we got talking about that. And, and I said, aren't you glad that he sent us the instructions? Aren't you glad he sent us how to live and who to trust and where to go and what to do? And aren't you glad for the word of God? Yes. Right? Don't take it for granted. It's a precious, precious thing. And so the Bible teaches us if we're willing to be taught how to prioritize our life and the way that God wants us to prioritize our life. Now this, this, uh, scripture, um, is found, you don't have to turn there, it is found in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. It says this, God is speaking uh, through the prophet um, Isaiah. He's speaking to a man of God named Hezekiah. And this is very simply what he says. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah went to Hezekiah and said, Hezekiah, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. Okay? I want you now to forget about Hezekiah and to let those words from God's word be for you. Church, for me. Put your house in order because you're going to die. Your life is going to end. So God is saying, get your house in order. In other words, get your priorities straight. This doesn't mean go vacuum your house and put all the picture frames, you know, in order and make sure everything's in order, perfectly in order in your house. That's not literally what it means. Put your house in order means get your, your life right. Get the, get the things in your life in order. In the order that God's shown us how to and what He expects in His Word. Amen? It doesn't mean vacuuming your house. This means making sure that your priorities are right. Now, the definition, a definition of priority is to order things according to importance. That's, that's simply what it means. In, pri, having priorities is meaning you take things in your life and you order them one, two, three, four, according to the importance of them. And so what we need to do is we, ha- we have to ask ourselves two questions. Number one, is your life and is my life in biblical order as Christians? And the second question is, is what's most important to you? You say, is my life in the order that the Bible tells me to have it in? And what's most important to me? If you answer honestly to yourself those two questions, then you are going to find where your priorities are at. Then you're gonna find what, what, whatever, see, whatever is most important to you, that's gonna be your top priority. Right? So if you're, you know, if you're a house and keeping up your house to look so great in your, in your yard or, or your bank account or your career, if all these things are the most important thing to you, then that's going to be automatically your top priority. And God is saying, get your house in order. Because that's not what the scripture tells us. That's not how the, the, Jesus, in his word, by the Holy Spirit, he, that's not how he's told us 
how He wants our life to be in order. Amen? Because the truth is, we serve a God not of confusion, but of order. He does everything perfectly. He does everything in order. When He created the earth, He did, you know, if He made the animals first before making the sun and the water and the, I mean, you'd have a problem, right? What are those animals gonna eat? How are those animals gonna see? What, I mean, what? He, He created the earth absolutely perfectly in His sovereignty, in His perfection. Amen? Because we serve a God of order. The Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14.33, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Right? And this Scripture, it, it's Paul's writing it to the church. Right? But who's the church? You and I. He wants order in the church. He wants order. He doesn't want confusion in his house. If there's confusion in his church, if there's confusion in your lives, that's not from God. It's not from God. Take that home with you today. Confusion is not from God. Disorder is not from God if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. He desires that your life is in order. Verse 40 in 1 Corinthians 14 says, Let all things be done decently and in order. Not all chaotic. Not all up and down. This is my top priority. Okay, now next week. This is my top priority. I'm feeling this way. And now I'm feeling this way. God's like, that's not how I want your life to be. Yes, you're going to go through feelings. Yes, you're going to go through feelings of anger and joy and sadness and sorrow. But in all those things, in your life, God, by the Holy Spirit and by His Word, will give you order and peace. And that's His desire. That's how He wants you to live. He wants our lives to be filled with order, not confusion. How many of you agree this can be challenging? This can be challenging. Right? Especially for pastors. And this isn't some pity party, woe is me, trust me, I'm not going that way. But especially for pastors, especially for, for ministers who are called to lead other people along in life. Right? And that's why the Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 3. Paul says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings, and all those in authority. That would be pastors. That we may, speaking of pastors, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That this is good and pleases God our Savior. Amen? If God's will for pastors are to live peaceful, quiet, simple lives, then that's what pastors need to present to their sheep. Live like me. Live according to the Word of God. Amen? Don't think your life needs to be all, you know, going, 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 going. God wants your life to be peaceful. God wants your life to be in order. He wants you to live a quiet, simple life. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. That's not the will of God. Just seek Him. Amen? And say, God, I want to, I want to have a life of priorities. I want them to be in order and pleasing before you, Lord. Proverbs 24, 27. Listen to this. This is a great scripture. Finish your outdoor work and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. Did you get that? Make sure your field is okay and the, the sewer line and everything underneath the ground and the field is level and make sure everything that you're going to build your, your house on is in order before building the house. How many of us like to build the house before the ground's even ready? Because we're so impatient. We just live it like, come on, I want it now, now, now. And God's like, no. Take your time. 
Trust in me. Don't get ahead of me. Don't get ahead of yourself. Make sure the ground in your life is good and firm and that foundation is strong and secure. Amen? Amen. And then after that, then start building the house. Getting your priorities right is the will of the Lord. So the question is, how does God want me and you to prioritize or to order our life? How does He want us to do it? What does God want for us? What is His plan? I want you to flip open the, your Bible in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Everyone say, God first. Deuteronomy 6. We're going to start reading at verse 5. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Now, the thing with, the thing with loving God first is, is this, this is very hard for you and I, and the reason why is because we can't see God with our eyes. Right? Do you agree? We can't, we can't just reach out and touch Him and hold His physical hand. Right? We can't come up to Him and give Him a big hug and, and, and feel His physical arms holding us and hear His audible voice saying, all is well. I am with you. I love you. I'll protect you. My angels are with you. Right? And that's a problem. And that's exactly why we live by faith and not by sight. Right? The whole Word of God is about living by faith. Let me, let me say this. During our worship time, if Jesus was right here, in our midst, myself and every one of you would worship completely different than how you did this morning, how you did today. Right? Completely different. You would be in awe. You, would be, you wouldn't care about what people thought of you. You would be raising your hands. You would be at His feet. You would be crying out to Him. You would be worshiping Him. You didn't care if you couldn't sing a note. You would be singing as loud as you can. Jesus, Jesus, I love you. I love you. But He's here. He's here. So why is it so hard for you and I to put God first in our lives? It becomes so challenging at times because our priorities are way out of whack. And we love so many other things in this life other than God. We want, to, we want the things the world offers us. I want the things the world offers us. We want the latest of the technology. We want all the glitz and the glam. We want the bigger houses and the more cars. We want, we want, we want. And God's like, what about me? What about me? I created you. I created the world. I created the blessings. Every good and perfect gift comes from me. So what about me? Amen? We've got to get our priorities right. And God's number one priority is that you will love God. Read it. Deuteronomy 6, verses 5. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. What is that? That's everything about you. Everything is about God. Everything is about Jesus. Man, it bothers me when I'm trying to talk to Christian friends, especially Christian ministers, and all they want to talk about is the game last night or the new PS3 game. That's fine. I like talking about those things too. But there's never any mention of Jesus so often. There's never any mention about what God is doing in their ministry. Do you hear me? Or in their life. Man, God is so good. You know, uh, he, he, he's helping, you know, we are struggling and we've been praying together. You know, my wife and I, my family, and he, and he came through financially for us. There's none of that. It's just, we're so, 
And God is like, get back to the Old Testament. Because Jesus says this in the book of Matthew and Luke. He says it again. Back in Deuteronomy, is not irrelevant, church, Jesus says. He says, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, strength. Everything about you is to be about God number one. God first. Right? He says, these commandments, verse 6, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impre- Listen. Man, we're going to be hitting home the next, whenever I preach the next. Impress them on your children. How many of you parents are impressing God first in your children? Or are you just letting them go to figure it out on their own, to do what they want to do, to get it caught up in their friend's way of doing it? That's not the youth pastor's job. That's not the children's ministry worker's job. They are to confirm and to remind them of what they're learning at home. And I'm getting into part, part three already. I'm going to hold up on that. I am so passionate about that. As a father myself, Liz and the children's workers, it's not their job to teach my five-year-old son the scriptures. It's their job to remind them of what they're hearing at home. I'm going to stop there. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. This is God speaking. Talk about them Speaking of God's commandments, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames on your houses and on your gates. And my version says, put them on a nice piece of paper or a magnet on your refrigerator. The Word of God, the Scriptures. Why? Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. That's why we have, you know, old school, nasty looking, but great Scriptures that are hung on the wall because we're all about God first. That's why my son learns the Scriptures and we, and we put it on the fridge because we're all about God first. Could people walk into your home and see evidence that God is first in your life? Amen? God is saying, love the Lord your God with everything you have. First priority. First priority. Doesn't matter how you feel or what your life is like. That is what God wants for you. And he's, he's trying to get us back to this. We just got all churchified. Right? And daily breadified. We read our little two-minute daily breads every now and then. And believe me, this word is for me today. Because times I'm tired and I don't want to get up and I don't want to do my, my time with God. This is for all of us today. Getting and keeping our priorities aligned with God's Word. So love your Lord with all your heart, with everything you have. This means obeying Him first before your friends, before your wife, before your husband. This means doing what God wants of you first. This means loving Him first before your wife, before your husband. Before your children, you love God more. That's a hard one. Right? That's a hard one. Because we can't see Him. I can go home every day and I see my beautiful wife. And I can go and I can hug my beautiful wife. And I can touch my beautiful wife. I can kiss Cindy. I can hold her. I can smell her. I can talk to her. I can hear her right away talk back to me. Right? It's very easy for me to love my wife. Because she's just incredible. And she's right there in front of me. And that makes it hard, church, listen, to love God more than her sometimes. Do you hear me? Because I don't see Him. I don't smell Him. I don't hear Him. Right? That means we seek Him first. 
We're seeking out God and his ways and his plan before things we want. Before things, earthly treasures, we want God. That's where he wants us. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, don't worry about you. Don't be consumed with you. Don't worry about your life and you and what you've got. But seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness first. And then he'll take care of it all, right? Jesus says that. So the question is, for me, for you, is Jesus Christ your top priority in your life? If not, your life is not in priority according to God's word. It's not. Is Jesus your all in all? Is he just the reason you get up in the morning? That's the will of God. Turn to Luke 18, please. Luke chapter 18. Verse 18. A certain ruler asked Jesus, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, said, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not lie or give false testimony. Honor your father and honor your mother. And this certain ruler, he says, well, all of these I've kept since I was a boy, Jesus. And when Jesus heard him, he said to this young, rich ruler, but you still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 23, when he heard this, he became very sad or very sorrowful because he was a man of great wealth. Right? Jesus told him, this is what you got to do. You got, you, I want this of you. And, and the man's top priority in his life was his money. He says, I've obeyed, I've obeyed the rules. I've been faithful to my wife. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't lied a whole lot. I've done that pretty good in my youth. He's like, yeah, but there's one thing specifically I want from you, rich young ruler, and that's to sell your money, give your money, your possessions, give it to the poor, and then, hey, and then you'll be worthy. Then you can come and follow me. Right? That's what I want of you. And, and his priorities were out of whack. Jesus knew his priorities were out of whack. And he walked away sad because money was this man's top priority. Materialism. Getting the best of the best. Right? Better car, bigger boat, another dog to have three nice big golden labs. And, right? These things aren't wrong, but if they're before God, they are. Right? And this man's money was before Jesus, was before God. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, No one can serve two masters. Jesus says, no one, nobody, there's nobody on planet earth who can do this. He says, there's no one can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate the one and love the other, or he will love the other, excuse me, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. He says, you cannot serve God and money and mammon and material things. 
You can't do it. Jesus Christ said it. The one that we worship, our Lord God, who we worship and proclaim to follow, He says, okay, if you're going to follow me, you can't serve the world, you can't serve money, you can't serve your career and serve me at the same time. You've got to hate one and you've got to love one. What's your choice? Do you love God first? And then your job and family and all the other things and priorities priorities in your life? Or do you love all the other things and then God is number three or four or five? Or even number two? Jesus says you cannot do it. It's not going to work. You will not go to heaven. You will not be in my will. You will not have my joy. I will not be walking with you before you, leading you in your life because you're not putting me first as I've commanded it. Amen? And this man made the choice. He walked away sorrowful. I don't want to give up my top priority money. I don't. Not even for following Jesus. Because I'm fine. I'm happy. Amen? God wants nothing to be more important than Him. Verse 29 and 30 of the New Living Translation in Luke 18 says this. He says, I assure you, Jesus says, that everyone who has given up house or wife, or brothers, or parents, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life. Did you hear that? He says, anyone that puts everything under Jesus as top priority, they will live a blessed life. They will have a home. They will have a wife who they love who they will enjoy every year of their life together. They will have children that will be a blessing and that will bring honor to them if they are putting God first. If they forsake those things, then they will have them. Do you get that? Jesus says He wants to see us forsaking these things before Him as number one, and then we will really have them. But so often we go to get all these things and then throw God in the mix. He's like, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that, is what He says. Not your wife, not your kids, not your house, not your car, not your job, not your sports or your hobbies or your fishing or your boats or your careers or your food or your television or your video games. None of that can be before the Lord. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 24 says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. He is a jealous God. That's right in the Word. The book of James repeated. The, the book of James says that the Spirit of God inside of you yearns jealously for you. We serve a jealous God. He wants you for Himself. Let me say this. There was, there was, a, there was a sinful jealousy. Man, look at that guy's new car. I want that. Oh, that's sin, okay? But there is a healthy jealousy. I'm jealous of my wife in a healthy way. You know why? Because she's my wife. She's mine. She's not some other dudes. So he's not to look at her wrong. He's not to touch her. He's not to wink at her. Because I'm a jealous husband. She's mine. She's my bride. She's my wife. Amen? That's a healthy jealousy for men to have over their, their, over their wives. And God's the same way. He looks at you. He's like, that's my daughter. That's my son. And he says, I'm not only jealous, but I'm a consuming fire. And if you've ever seen a fire before, fire will consume every single thing in its path. Some things go like that. Some things take a long time to burn. 
You ever thrown a pop can in a fire? It takes a long time for that pop can to burn, but it will. Right? And the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. God will also be the consuming fire in your life. He will. He will consume things in your life, whether you like it or not. He'll do it if you repent. He will consume those things in your life. If you choose not to repent of having things before God, He will consume them anyways just to get you to put Him first. Do you believe that? And that's where the whole God is love and grace and mercy thing only, only, only is wrong. Because God's also a consuming fire. And fire's not that lovely and friendly. And fire's not coming to kiss you. Fire's not coming to hold your hand and to say it's okay. It's going to be fine. Fire's coming to burn you. Right? That's the truth. That's the truth. I want you to flip over to Hosea, please. Hosea chapter 5. Hosea 5, verse 13. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. We find here in the Scriptures that the whole book of, the whole book of Hosea is about um, God, God tells Hosea, a real man, to marry a real woman that's going to cheat on him and commit adultery on him. And the reason why he, and, and then, and, and then give him children, three children, that are gonna be just a, a disgrace, literally, before God. Their, their children are gonna rep, represent judgment, and, and that he's not gonna love them anymore. The whole book of, of Hosea is, is how God's people, Israel, rejected God. And how he's using Hosea, who represents God, and his wife, Gomer, who represents the adulterous church. How God's people turned to everything else but Him. That's what the book of Hosea is all about. The whole book. It's about, it's about God's judgment upon the sin and, and, and Israel rejecting Him in their lives. And we read it, chapter 5, verse 13. When Ephraim, also Israel, saw his sickness, and when Judah saw his sores. In other words, they noticed the terrible state that they are in. Right? Life's not good. And Israel now notices it, right? When Israel sees this, then they turned to Assyria. They didn't turn to God. Their life is in turmoil. Their, their life is in, in ruins. They turned to Assyria and sent to the great king of Assyria for help. But he is not able to cure you. He is not able to heal your sores. God says for I... Listen, this is God speaking to Israel who's turned to man for help. He says, I will be like a lion to Israel, like a great lion to Judah. I will tear them to pieces and go away. I will carry them off with no one to rescue them. Then I will go back to my place until they admit their guilt. Are you hearing that? And they will seek my face in their misery. They will earnestly seek me. Do you hear what... What just happened there? Israel rejected God. And Israel finds that the, the way that their life isn't... Their life is, is hard right now. Things aren't good. They, they see it. They're like, wow, life is really brutal right now. We need, we need some sort of help. And so they go to the king of Assyria for help. And God's like, what are you doing? You're not putting me first. He says, the king of Assyria can't help you. 
He's not going to heal your wounds. He's not going to help you. He's not going to comfort you. He can't save you. He says, because you do this, I'm going to become like a lion and I'm going to rip you apart and I'm going to destroy you and in your misery, then you will come and seek me. That is a hard word, amen? That God would actually destroy His people and bring ruin in, in your life and in my life just so we will seek Him first again. He's a jealous God. He's a consuming fire. It's the truth. God is more concerned with Him being everything to you than you having everything. And He will take it away if He needs to, just so that He becomes everything. So that you will come to the place like Israel and start seeking Him in your misery. Whatever it takes for Him to be your everything, for your priorities to be according to His Word, He will consume things in your life that are before Him, that are standing before Him. So you change your ways and you seek Him. Look over to chapter 6, verse 6. God says, listen, the reason I'm doing this is because I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And he says, I desire acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. God wants you to acknowledge Him rather than perform. Rather than just go through sacrifices and burnt offerings. Rather than just go to church. Right? He wants you to acknowledge Him in all of your ways. Not just with lip service, but with your life. Right? John said in, in chapter 3, verse 30, John 3, verse 30, John says, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. God must become more, and I must decrease. I must in, God must increase, and I must decrease. Because He's got to be it all. He's got to just consume me. And i got to just have nothing. No part in it. Is what John says there. Paul says in Galatians 2 verse 20, It's no longer I that live. It's no longer. It's no longer. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Jesus says in Matthew 16.24, We must deny ourselves if we want to follow Him. Right? These are scriptures of of of... of Mortifying our flesh and dying to our flesh daily and decreasing in, in everything and saying, Lord, take the wheel. Jesus, I want you to be my everything. And everything in there will, will come into place. That's the will of the Lord. Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 7 in the New Living Translation says this, Seek the Lord while you can find Him. Call on Him now while He's near. Let the wicked change their ways or in other words, reorder their priorities, right? And banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that He may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for He will forgive you generously. Right? It takes turning. It takes saying, God, my life is sort of order. I'm going to turn from my life. I'm going to seek your face. You're going to forgive me. You said you would. And then you are going to start ordering my life. I'm going to change my ways according to your word. Amen. Flip over to Psalm 27 as we close. Psalm 
Psalm 27. Verse 1. Dad, if you could get on the guitar, please. God is top priority for David. How many of you know David wasn't perfect? David sinned brutally. But the Bible says that he had a heart after God's own heart. He was a man that just wanted to please God. And when he would fall, when he would sin, he would recognize it, he would repent and say, God, oh God, to you alone I've sinned. I've sinned only against you. David's top priority was the Lord. And Psalm 27 verse 1 says this, The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beautiness of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At His tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Verse 7, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said, your, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me, Lord. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. David said, Lord, you're my everything. You're the one who keeps me safe. You're the one that guards me and protects me. You're my everything. You are my shelter. You are my, my supply, Lord. And he says, God, when you told me to seek you, I, I said, Lord, your face I will seek. You alone I will seek. Not the things of this world. Not the things that my family wants me to seek. Not the things that my flesh wants me to seek. But God and God alone. Amen? Let's stand. Is there, if there's anyone here today 
I'm not going to call anybody front. I don't feel to have an altar call or to pray for people here. But, but is anyone here today who, you, you know that, man, your priorities have just been messed up. You know it. Doesn't matter if you're 15. Doesn't matter if you're 55. It doesn't, you know, you just know what we've heard in, in the scripture today that your priorities are just completely out of whack. And you need to get them right. You need to start saying, Lord, I want, I want your ways to be first in my life. And, and what this means, th this doesn't mean doing more good things. This means when you get up in the morning, you, you say from your heart, Lord God, I, I want your way to be done in my life today. I, I want to be pleasing to you. I want to serve you. I want to I know you more, God. I, I want to hear your voice. I, I want to obey the word. I, I don't want to help me to guard my eyes, Lord. Help me to guard my thoughts, Lord. And, and, and when my thoughts start to get ahead of myself and, and against your word, help me just to stop myself with, no matter where I'm at and say, Lord, cleanse my mind. And, and then you move on, right? It's, it's a one day at a time process in your life and in my life, right? Because Jesus says, don't think about tomorrow. And, and don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is not even promised to you, right? You may die before tomorrow comes. And he says, don't, don't, don't worry about yesterday because yesterday is no more. Yesterday is, it, it, there's nothing you can do about yesterday, right? And so, so Jesus is like, focus on today. Get up in the morning. And, and, and he knows your heart. The scripture says in, in the book of Nahum, verse one, chapter 1, verse 7, the, the Bible says, God knows who His people are. And, and for those people, he, he is a shield in times of trouble. Right? He knows who is really serving God. God knows today, the people here, including myself, He knows if we're really serving Him. He knows if we really want this. He knows your heart. He doesn't care about your actions. He doesn't care about your sacrifices. He wants an acknowledgement from your heart. That's what He's looking for. And so if, you, if that's sincere, if your heart is sincere before God, then this is for you, right? But if it's just your flesh and if it's just you, uh, another church service, then we're going to leave and we can be on our merry life, then so be it. S seriously, go ahead, that's fine. But, but God wants us to get real today, right? He wants us to take this seriously. To, to say, man, God, I need my, my priorities to be right. Not, not, not in just routine, but right. So Lord, today I woke up, it's 6.30 in the morning or 9.30 in the morning, whenever you get up. Say, God, today I have the whole day ahead of me. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to try to pull me. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to try to make me sin. It's going to be maybe some people who make me angry and I'm going to want to just freak out and get angry. Lord, help me today to put you above all that. Top priority in this day. And then you go to sleep at night. Peacefully. Right? He says, you'll be in peace. Right? And then guess what? Then you get up Tuesday morning and you do it all over again. You forget about Monday. You say, Lord, today again. Hi, it's me. I, I just want to obey you. I want to serve you. I want you to be my everything today. Right? Don't complicate it. Right? Make it very simple. One day at a time. May I be Jesus as my top priority today. Amen? So if that's you today and you know your priorities are to walk, I want to pray with you. Make it, make it your own prayer between you and God. And let's just believe God together. Father, right now, we just we come before you, Lord, and we know, God, that we are frail. God, we are frail and we're weak. And we know that this life offers a lot of heartache. This life offers a lot of trouble, God. But Jesus, you says, you says be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. 
You said in this life you will have trouble. But you said with your own words, God, that we can be of good cheer because you've overcome the world. You've overcome the destruction. You didn't say you're going to stop it. Lord, you said whoever, wanna, whoever wants to live for me, they're going to they're gonna go through some hard times, your word says. So we know that today, God. And so, Lord, I pray that, Lord, for the remainder of this day, God, as we leave this place right now, that we'd say together, we'd say, Lord God, please help us, Lord, to, to put you as top priority, Father, in what we watch, in what we do, in what we play, in, in what we say, in how we treat our family, and, 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 and how we honor your word, and, and how we honor prayer, God. I, I pray that for me, Lord, that I would, that I would seek you more, God. Father, you, that I would be like David, that, Lord, God, Matt Noel just says, Lord, you, you want me to seek you. So Matt Noel, I just say today, God, your face I'll seek, Lord. Your face I'll seek. Early in the morning will I seek you, Lord God. Lord, before life and craziness starts to happen, God, before my kids want me to wrestle, before my, my wife wants to sit down and talk, Lord, before I have to go to work, and, and before I, I, I see all the cars whizzing by beside me as I'm driving, God, before all that, in the stillness of the morning, God, I'll say, Lord, God, today, here I am. And, and I'll hear nothing but you, Lord. God, help me in that. I want to be faithful to you, Lord. And I pray for each one here, God, and that the cry of their heart is the same, Lord, that you would just, just help them, Lord. Because this is very serious, Lord, that we have our house in order because we're going to die. We are going to die. When? Nobody knows but you, Lord. So I pray that when we die, when we pass away and we leave this life here on earth, God, that our life would have been a life of order and people will remember us as Jesus Christ is number one. So God, go with us today. Go with us, mighty God. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Listen, go and be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.